illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Wojtnik, he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. How in the heck are you doing tonight, Beach? Billy, as always, I am just living the dream. Living the dream. So uh, you got a new screen for the barn. Yes, I, I bought a projector about a month ago and finally got it hooked up. And then I bought a screen the other day and from Amazon and it came in and we got that put up. And then tonight I went to Best Buy and bought a Bose speaker for it. So it's not going to have like uh, major awesome acoustics, but it should be fun for uh, barn movies. Cool. I'm pretty excited about it. Nice. So, yeah, it's a 120-inch screen. That's pretty damn big. Uh, That's what she said. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and to screw around a little bit every week. Uh, I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Remember, leave a rating and review. And no, I forgot to check for any ratings and reviews. Dang, yeah, but I thought we discussed this. But I'll do it next week, Beej. Okay. okay. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, there's a couple ways. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at HeinrichTailgator. Also, check out HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. All right, Beej, you ready to get into some Beaver Sports news? I am stoked for Beaver Sports news, Billy. Okay, Beej. First up, women's volleyball. Freaking love women's volleyball, Billy. It's my favorite sport. Oregon State fell to Oregon last week in the Civil War, uh, three to nothing. Then Mary Kate Marshall recorded 19 kills, and Maddie Goings had the best match of her career. But the Oregon State volleyball team fell to number 21 USC in four sets Sunday afternoon at the Galen Center. Tag nabbit. With that, the 
Beavers fall to 10-4 and overall, 0-2 to open up Pac-12 play, and they travel to take on Colorado and Utah this coming weekend. The Bees face the Buffaloes Friday at 7 p.m. Um, on Pac-12 Oregon and Pac-12 Mountain. Then they'll face Utah in Salt Lake City Saturday at 7 p.m., and that can be seen on Pac-12 Mountain only. Pac-12 Mountain. Yeah, because we have get two different Pac-12 stations here. We get – well, there's, there's different stations. There's the Pac-12 – channel overall then there's a pac-12 oregon a pac-12 washington a pac-12 bay area a pac-12 southern cal a pac-12 arizona and a pac-12 mountain and so they'll have different feeds depending on on what's going on okay yeah all right beach next up is women's soccer all right billy what's going on in women's soccer how are they looking well, Diana Santiago scored the first collegiate goal of her career, but the Oregon State women's soccer team fell 2-1 to one to Arizona State Friday evening in Tempe. The Beavs are now 3-4-2 and two overall, 0-1-0 to open up the Pac-12, and they remain on the road next or this week as they head to Los Angeles for a matchup with number 10 USC. Mm-hmm. So, yes, like a lot of sports, it doesn't get any easier when you hit the Pac-12. They don't play soccer in the uh, Coliseum, I'm assuming. Do they have a separate soccer field I, over there at USC? I believe so. Okay. I believe so. So, Because I wouldn't think I'd want any of the ladies walking around near the Coliseum at night. So. Yeah, true. I wouldn't either. <laughs> not not the nicest area of town. No, no. When, when people are selling hot dogs out of coolers outside the football game, it's a little sketch. A little sketch. So. <laughs> Up next, Beach, is men's soccer. The Oregon State University men's soccer team rebounded from a three-game losing streak with a rejuvenated performance and a 2-0 win against Pacific last Friday night at Paul Lorenz Field. Oregon State is 3-5 overall, and that closes the non-conference portion of the schedule and opens up Pac-12 play on October 1st at Washington. The Bees will head out on the road with a kickoff set for 3 p.m. and will be broadcast live on the Pac-12 networks. So, Billy, Pacific, that's Pacific University in Forest Grove? Um, I think so. Yes. Okay. So, so didn't know they had much of a soccer team, but they just reinstated football here a couple of years ago. Yeah. I wonder how they're doing with that. Well, it's like, you know, it's just getting back up and running. I can remember as a kid, it being going, um, because the field there at, uh, Pacific university used to be where force Grove played. Oh, really? And I can remember going to the old Pacific. Yeah. That old you know, field. I kind of I I vaguely remember that too. It's an old wood stadium, wasn't it? Correct, big old wooden grandstands. Kind of sat. Is that is that still there? I don't think it's still there, Beach, because they quit huh. playing football back in the '80s, I believe. And then they just brought it back. You know, it's kind of strange too. You know, uh, living here in in Dundee at the Northern Command Post, the a um, lot of uh, ads for uh, George Fox football yeah, around that, here. Yeah, that just came back a couple years ago. Yeah, are they in the same conference? You know, I don't know, Beach. I'm not That'd sure. Be a, that's one we should answer. So, anyway. Well, moving on, Billy. What's next? Well, now you got me looking up George Fox. Oh, I'm sorry. University. Squirrels there. Squirrels athletics. everywhere. So, George Fox University Athletics. Uh, let's see. They do play Pacific. They play okay. Pacific this weekend. So, I'd imagine they are in the same league. Cool. Yeah. It looks like uh, 
Pacific, Whitworth, the Dalles, or uh, Willamette, Linfield, Lewis and Clark, Pacific Lutheran, Puget Sound. So I don't know. I'm not sure. That's the most I can get on short notice. So mm-hmm. it, does, it does look like they're doing the same thing. All right, Beach, up you next think? is women's swimming. Ooh, we haven't had a women's swimming update for a long time. Yeah, this goes out to Greg. The Oregon State swimming team opened its 2017-18 season last week in Corvallis with a tri-meet against Willamette University and Southwest Oregon Community College. The Beavs were a perfect 5-for-5 in the women's events, taking home first place in each. Kicking ass and taking aims. The Oregon State swimming remains in Corvallis for the orange and black meet coming this Friday, September 29th at 5.30 p.m. It's kind of a racist meet using the term black. That was a joke, Billy. I know. It wasn't very funny. Sorry. Sorry. Well, you know, we've got racial divide going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Orange is the new black, you know. Yeah. Hey, hey, Beach. What? I think your teletype's going off. You know, I must be getting deaf. I swear to God. Okay. You couldn't hear that? Hold I on. Told you could through the microphone. Wow. I, it's, it's, it's not easy. In my world here. Okay, it's hold on, hold on. It's so not easy being me. Okay, here we go. Hold on, Billy. Okay, <laughs> Billy. You get smaller and smaller paper every week. I'm surprised it's, you can't read it. You know, I got glasses now. Does it just right, print it this, vertically? Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Billy. Yes, Billy. This, this just in. Flash flood reported in Eugene during the ASU U of O game. Television stations started getting phone calls close to 11 p.m. Pacific Daylight Daylight Savings Time regarding flash floods and excessive water flowing into drainage ditches around the university area. Meteorologists were initially baffled by the reports, especially due to the lack of precipitation in the region Saturday night. When calls were made to the city's maintenance department about a potential water main leak, a representative responded... Bitch, please. It's just the duck fans crying like a bunch of kindergartners who were just told there is no Santa Claus. <laughs> wow. Wow. Nice. You know, nothing nothing like the, uh, the the representative of the city's maintenance department to just call it like it is. I, I think they thought they were going to the natty. I, I think, yeah. I think they thought it was all but in their, all but in their grasp. But, alas tears lots yeah. of tears so those poor bastards well beach uh they, what were you gonna say oh nothing that's all i got oh uh with that are you ready to go under further review for week number four in the pack 12 after further review the runner did cross the line touchdown Yes, I'm stoked for this. And don't even ask me what my picks were because, God, Billy, I don't even remember, and they were probably all wrong. I got to look here. I got to find it. (laughs) Where did I put it? My friend Catherine gets all upset with me because I never remember what I picked, but, you know, (sighs) Pac-12 is hard to remember anyway. And actually, right now, I don't even – we're early in the season, Mm -hmm. but I think everybody's going to beat the hell out of everybody else. Quite possibly. All right. Yeah. So I've gotten, I, f- I found my thing here. I had a collapse of paperwork and I couldn't find it, but now I have it. So. Okay. 
I have the stats heading into this week. You were in third place with 23 out of 35. I was in fourth place with 24 out of 35. And Kyle, I hate you, Kyle, he was in first place with 27 out of 35. He was kind of kicking some butt here. He is. And he's like pulling, and he's really pulling out of his high net. Sometimes I think he's going for the long shots. Mm -hmm. And it's not even like you get extra points when you do the long shots. Pretty much. All righty. So, first up, Beach, a Friday game, we had Utah at Arizona. Pretty sure I took the Utah Utes on this one, Billy. <laughs> you did take Utah. I took Utah. Kyle, on the other hand, took Arizona. Well, Utah quarterback Tyler Huntley went down with a shoulder injury in the second quarter. But senior Troy Williams, who started 13 games last season, came in to guide the Utes to a 30-24 victory over Arizona. Now, Utah led throughout and was up 30-17 to late in the fourth quarter, but Arizona quarterback Brandon Dawkins threw a 30-yard TD pass to Tony Ellison with 2.44 to play, cutting the lead to six. The subsequent onside field... Uh, excuse me, the subsequent onside kick attempt bounced downfield, and Arizona's Sean Poindexter recovered at the U's 35. But on the next play, Dawkins ran 15 yards to the 20, but fumbled, and Utah recovered to finish the game. Hmm. So you and I got the win there, Beach. Kyle did not. So um, this Troy Williams, was, was he their starter last year? Because you said he started 13 games last season. Did he take over for an injured quarterback, or, or did he lose his seat this year? He lost his seat to this kid that came in, Tyler Huntley. Wow. Yeah, he's good. All right, Beach. So you and I got the point. Kyle did not. Up next, we're going to go with USC at Cal. Hmm, USC at Cal. I kind of think I uh, I took Cal on this one. You did. I took USC, and Kyle took USC, but he said Cal at the half. Now, Stephen Carr ran for a fourth-quarter touchdown two plays after South California, after Southern California's defense forced one of its six turnovers, and the fifth-ranked Trojans won their 13th straight game by pulling away late for a 30-20 victory over Cal on Sunday. Now, Sam Darnold threw for 233 yards and two TDs for the Trojans, but also had an interception as Cal's defense forced him out of the pocket numerous times. It was the defense that stepped up for USC, intercepting a pass from Ross Bowers in the first quarter to set up a field goal and then delivering the big play early in the fourth after Chase McGrath gave the Trojans a 16-13 lead with his third field goal of the game. Wow, three field goals, huh? Yeah, I believe that game was tied at half. So and Cal and and Kyle was thinking that Cal was going to have the lead at half. Is and, that what his actually, theory was? He, he wasn't too far off. Not uh, bad at all. No, no, he wasn't too far off because it was it was a back and forth game. So Cal hung with them, but they just you know too many turnovers. You get six turnovers. Yeah. that's what's going to happen. So Kyle and I got the points there. You did not. I suck. Up next, Beach, Nevada at Washington State. Um, pretty sure I took the Cougs on this one. All three of us did. Now Washington. Why State, wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? Yep. Why wouldn't we? Washington State quarterback Luke Folk threw five TD passes, and number eighteen Wazoo beat Nevada forty-five to seven on Saturday for the team's best start in sixteen years. I heard that on the news this morning. Yep. Now Nevada. I even saw a guy wearing a Coug sweatshirt today at work. Really, is he a known Cougs fan? Uh, I, it was just a customer that was inside, but he was wearing a Cougs sweatshirt. I'm thinking, wow, 
they're starting to they're starting to come out of the closet. Now Nevada was held at just 151 total yards on the day. Fault completed 36 of 47 passes for 478 yards and was not intercepted. Now Wazoo led this game 35 to nothing at half. So I'm surprised. Uh, hasn't uh, Leach been known to like pack it on? Not really. Okay, I thought he did that one time a couple years ago, and he, I thought he, he got jackass of the week or something for something he, like he, that. He might have, but, I mean, I I usually won't give somebody jackass of the week for that unless they're <laughs> unless you're throwing, like, you know, 60-yard bombs up 35 to nothing. But if yeah. you're just running your offense and you score, well, then so be it. You know. But anyways, all right, all three of us got the win there. Up next, Washington at Colorado. Well, I'm on the Washington uh, bandwagon this year, so I'm going to say Washington. You and I took Washington. Kyle, on the other hand, took Colorado. Now, Jordan, what did Kyle do? Well, Jordan Miller's two interceptions and Miles Bryant's pick six helped the seventh-ranked Washington Huskies overcome a slow start and hand Colorado its first loss of the season, 37-10 to Saturday night. Now, Miles Gaskin rushed rushed for 202 yards and two TDs for the Huskies. Colorado suffered from several self-inflicted wounds, including three interceptions, several fumbled snaps, and a too-early slide on third down by quarterback Steven Montez that led to a punt, which was blocked and set up a short field and a touchdown for UW. Hmm. So you and I got the point there. Kyle did not. Yeah, Colorado just did not look very confident in that game to me. Sounds like Kyle's losing a little bit of ground to us here this week. A little bit, a little bit. All right, Beach. up next, we've got, like, three games left. No, two games left. UCLA at Stanford. You know, I, if I remember right, I think I struggled on the decision on this one. Um, but I almost want to say I picked Stanford. Um, you did. So did Kyle, and so did I. So Bryce, and how did the and how and how did the Cardinal do? Well, Bryce Love rushed for a career high 263 yards and a TD to pad his conference leading total, and third string quarterback KJ Costello came off the bench and threw for two touchdown passes and ran for another as Stanford beat UCLA 58 to 34 on Saturday. Cameron Scarlett scored three TDs and Jet Toner kicked three field goals to help the Cardinal win their 10th straight over the Bruins after losing starting quarterback Keller Christ to an injury in the first quarter. Now, the nation's leading passer going in, Josh Chosen-Rosen, got off to a sluggish start and was uneven much of the night for the Bruins. He completed 40 of 60 throws for 480 yards with two interceptions and three touchdowns, although two of the TDs came in the second half when Stanford was comfortably in the lead. So, um, okay. Hmm. The, uh, all right, got nothing. <laughs> yeah, Stanford looked pretty tough. All right, Beach. Wasn't UCLA, what, what, UCLA was ranked, weren't they? Uh, no, no, they haven't been ranked. Okay, okay. No, they were ranked, I think, maybe originally, but not now. Okay. Um, up next, the last game of the night, Oregon at Arizona State. I think I took Oregon on this. All three of us did. Call we why we, why did we do that? Because going in, it looked like Oregon would probably kill him. But Arizona yeah. freshman Brandon Ruiz kicked a. And, and I just want to clarify: in all of our previous podcasts, you have been kind of stating the fact 
that Arizona State is probably the worst team in the Pac-12, right? They had looked like it coming in, yeah. Okay, and and they beat who? They beat Oregon. Okay. Arizona freshman Arizona State freshman Brandon Ruiz kicked a 41-yard field goal with 2:33 to play, and ASU held on to upset number 24 Oregon 37 to 35 on Saturday night. Now, quarter- number 24. Yeah, now, quarter- what do you think they are in an now? They're, they're not. <laughs> quarterback Manny Wilkins completed 24 of 39 passes for 347 yards and a TD and ran for two more scores as ASU beat the Ducks for the first time since 2004. Now, wide receiver Nikhil Harry caught seven passes for a career-best 170 yards and a TD. You know, I don't give a damn what Arizona State does the rest of this year. They're my hero. (laughs) (laughs) They would tell you what, Arizona State jumped up on them early and then Uh had some mistakes that kind of let Oregon back in the game. They handed Oregon a gift touchdown at the end of the half, the first half, that put the game a lot closer than it should have been. And then after they'd scored to go up by two, they kicked off. Oregon got called for a holding penalty on the kickoff. And then on the next two plays, uh, Arizona State got held, they got p- uh, popped for a uh, pass interference and a roughing the passer call. They gave them 30 yards. And you're like, what the hell? Arizona is like, wow. Arizona State's just going to turn this over. But then they ended up holding them. So, anyways, yeah. So there you go. So, Beach, after week number four in the Pac 12. The standings are as follows. You are still in third place with 27 out of 41. I am in second place with 29 out of 41. And Kyle, I hate you, Kyle, is in third place with 30 out of 41. So I cut his lead over me from three to one. And I'm getting, I'm I'm kind of getting hammered. Well, you you cut one off off what you were behind on him too. Okay. Anyways, so yeah, so there we go. Heck of a uh, heck of a week. Yeah, it was. It was some good football, just all the way around. Um, some of the other games, like the uh, Penn State Iowa game, was really fun to watch. Came down to literally the last play of the game that Penn State won it on. Um, really? Oh yeah. Uh, threw a threw a touchdown pass on the last play of the game to win it. it looked like love Iowa, those kind of games. Looked like Iowa was going to hold them off, but um, nope. But no, there was just some good football to watch, so that was good. All right, Beach, let's talk about the Pac-12 in the polls. After week four uh, in the AP poll, USC is at number five, Washington at number six, Washington State at 16, Utah at 20, and Stanford, Cal, Colorado, and Oregon are all in the others receiving votes category. Really? Really? What? Receiving votes, really? Yeah. Uh, in the USA Today, coaches poll. Is, 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 has Pod been legalized across the country? No. But problem is, Beach, when oh, okay. some of these games get over, part of the country is oh, already and they, asleep. And, 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 they, uh, and Oregon played a late freaking game Saturday yep. night. Yep. Okay, so they already cast their votes before the game was over. Quite possibly. But they've only lost one, too. You know? Okay. So... We'll see what happens after that. All right, so for the USA Today coaches poll, USC is in at number five, Washington at six, Wazoo at 16, Utah at 19, and Stanford, Oregon, and Colorado are all in the others receiving votes category. Hmm. So. Okay. All right, Beach. So now it's time for the Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week Award. What's he think I look like? A jackass? 
sure do. <laughs> Every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach, this isn't so much for the player. It, it's kind of for, who do I give this to? Society as a whole? Does that make sense? I guess. What, what's the so, story? So in it, well, North Carolina State defensive end Bradley Chubb went out to the team buses to visit with his family after his impressive performance against Florida State last weekend. But all anyone could talk about was what he did to the Seminoles' midfield logo. Now, a postgame video showed Chubb appearing to spit at midfield after the Wolfpack's 27-21 win. When asked whether he intentionally spit on the logo, Chubb told ESPN, No, I didn't. We're fratting. But I did have fun out there. Now, North Carolina State also tweeted an apology on behalf of Chubb after the game. So they said he didn't he didn't spit said, on it yeah, intentionally. No, no, they said you know he didn't do it. Now, the the problem is so I mean, North Carolina State beat Florida State, um, who was starting a true freshman quarterback because uh, their starting quarterback got hurt in the first game, and. Chubb dominated the Florida State offensive line, and the okay. Seminoles' defense could not make a critical stop, critical stops down the stretch, and so you know it really hurt the Florida State's chances of making the playoffs. But after this, so this video of him spitting. Now, to me, I watched the video. Mm-hmm. He was just spitting, right? No, this yeah, is it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like it was. It was a showmanship of like, look, I'm spitting on no, their logo. No, it was like I got a little phlegm in my mouth. I need to remove it. Well, and so this is what Chubb told reporters after the game. He goes, "I always spit when I'm playing football. I don't remember doing that. It wasn't intentional at all. It wasn't a celebration. I celebrated with my teammates and then talked to Coach Dorian. I guess I just spit. I didn't really mean to. Now, and I know when I played football, I spit. I think everybody out there spit." Yeah. Everybody blew snot rockets. Yeah, right? not not uncommon at all. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> I I hate when you have to take pre- presumptive when you when you have to apologize when you haven't done anything wrong. But people mm-hmm. perceive that you have. Exactly. And people just, see what they want to see. People see what they want to see. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's what, I'm a firm believer on that. No, they, it is. It's true. Yeah, yeah. And I, there, there's a lot of things about this it, 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 that this kind of stuff plays into effect. And I feel, I, I just, I hate it that he has to apologize for something he didn't do because people mm-hmm. perceived him for, for seeing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like when you say something and somebody decides to take it the wrong way and they get all bent of shape. Yeah. So I have to apologize for you taking something the wrong way that I didn't intend at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it just, it just kind of pisses me off about society in general. It's not, it's not what you said, Bill. It's what you didn't say that bothered me. Yeah. Or it's how you said it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So anyways, just for society on whole that we have to make up apologies because certain people decide to become offended. This week's yeah. Jackass of the Week Award. <laughs> Is for you. There wasn't a hell of a lot of jackassery that went on this weekend. And I, I read mm. that story. It just kind of pissed me off. I'm like, really? He didn't do anything. Guy spit. Yeah, he just spit. So. 
Anyways. I mean, now if he would have urinated, defecated, exactly. masturbated, exactly. that's a totally different thing. Exactly. Different fluids, different intent. Yep. But, yeah, spit, saliva, yeah. Hey. So. So, Beach, uh, up yeah. next is the uh, musical interlude of the week, and it is my pick. You, Billy, I was excited because I thought I did pretty well last week. I was hoping to get some feedback from some people on my pick, but you didn't look up the feedback. So. I didn't look up the feedback. Uh, yeah. So anyway, what did you pick, Billy? I'm I'm anxious. Well, so I've got a song that you became intimately uh, familiar with. Intimately? You Intimately. It's a 1985 Intimate. song composed by Dan Hartman and Charlie Midnight. 1985. Yep. Now, Intimately. Um, it was released as a single in 85, reached number four in the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Number four. Yep. Entered the Billboard Top 40 on January 11th and remained on the chart for 11 weeks. Also became a top five hit in the United Kingdom, peaking at number five. And it's a movie from a movie. Yep. It was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best R&B Song. And won a Grammy for award for best male R&B vocal performance. Oh, if I give you the performance, you'll know exactly what it is. I mean, I'm thinking Huey Lewis in the news. The song was featured in the fourth movie of this franchise, and the singer of the song is featured in the movie. Fourth movie of this movie franchise. I mean, so and Star Wars, Star Wars came out in '83, and then so 1985, the year of Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. God dang it, Billy! I can't think of four four movies. Uh, I mean, like Star Trek didn't there's, hit there's, four, there's, and there wouldn't be. A, there's been more more than four movies made of this of this like franchise, National Lamp- like National Lampoons. Nope. Uh. Dude, I just don't know. I'm lost. Okay. As soon as you tell me, I'm going to be like, oh, freaking A. But it's not hitting me. From the film Rocky IV. Oh, my God. How could I not pick up Rocky? <laughs> it's Living in America by James Brown. So you oh, know, I do know this song intimately. Intimately. I, I heard <laughs> this for, for those of you who don't not know um, my, uh, my campaign efforts um, last year. Uh, we we did the parade circuit in Washington County and Yamhill County, and um, that was my parade song. So it played over and over and over and over again. But it's a great song. It's a great song, and it's performed by James Brown in the movie as uh, Apollo Creed is entering the boxing ring in reference to the character's patriotic image just before Apollo is killed by Ivan Drago. <sighs> Frickin' Ivan. Yeah. So right now, Beach, here is James Brown's Living in America.
I love that song, Beach. It's a great song. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you, you think it gets old, but it doesn't get old. Nope, just a great song. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Beach. So next week will be your pick. Oh, but Kyle's going to have a pick up here soon. But I think oh. it's sometime in October. So, Kyle, when you wanted to, yeah, we'll give you that pick. So just let me know when we get there. All right, Beach. It is now time to preview week number five in the Pac-12. God dang, week number five. I know, it's cruising by, isn't it? It it really is. You know, after uh, this weekend, we're going to be halfway through the tailgating season. I know, the Beavs already are a third of the way through their season. Wow. I know, it's crazy how quickly it goes by. All right, Beach. So up first, we have a game on Friday, September 29th. We've got USC at Washington State. And the first thing Ooh, I have to say a... is, is, does Washington State ever play an away game? <laughs> that's what's going to be my question. Seriously. They played Boise State at home. They played us at home. They played Nevada at home. Now they play Wazoo at home. Four games in a row. Crazy. Yeah, they must be backloaded with a lot of away games. Well, this is a... Uh... It's going to be a good game. It's like the game of the week right there. Um, you know, I'm going to pick uh I'm going to pick Wazoo. Okay. I think USC's overrated. They're playing at Wazoo, which means they already got favored uh, refereeing as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And uh and uh, I don't think USC uh they won't know what to do out there in Pullman where there's still uh, there's barely running water in half the rooms and electricity uh is uh you know pretty much non-existent there you go yeah. kyle said trojans wrap up the cougs so he's taking usc man i am torn on this one i think i'm gonna take wazoo i think nice. i'm gonna take wazoo i just i i think it's that offense i think that's where it's i i think that's where it's at so i'm gonna give it to wazoo all right up next, Beach, our rest of our games are all on Saturday, September 30th. First up, Cal at Oregon. Cal. Really? Uh, you know, I said when this started out, and I was having a hard time with it because Oregon was starting out so strong against the worthless teams that they played. Mm-hmm. But I just... The whole time I thought, you know what, this is a transition coaching period. You know, it's not something that they can grab that easy. It's it's going to take time to implement. And while I think maybe they got lucky the first few weeks, I think you're going to see a crash and burn the rest of the season. I think it's going to – I think it started last week, and I think it's going to continue through Cal. Okay. I think Cal's going to beat him like a redheaded stepchild. All right. Got you down for Cal. Kyle says, Oski, wow, wow. I don't know what that means. He's taking Cal. Okay. the bear. Yeah, I know that, but I didn't know the wow wow. I didn't know yeah. there was like, I'm not up on the lingo. And I'm taking Cal also. Really? I just think their defense is playing too tough. Hmm. Yep. All right. So let's see. Game three, Arizona State at Stanford. Arizona State at Stanford. Stanford by a large margin. Really? Yep. 
Kyle says, Sun Devils don't look so hot at the farm. And I, too, am taking Stanford. You always piss me off. Really? Shocking breach. How I just, dare you? I just don't route. think that's what you're going to take. Oh, really? No. All right. Yes, Beach, really. All right, Beach. Up next, Colorado at UCLA. Um, Colorado. Colorado. Okay. Kyle says, UCLA embarrassed by the buffs. And I, too, am taking Colorado. Oh, there's just no originality at all of this this week. Well, I, you know, there's only so many picks we can make. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Beach, the last game of the week, Washington at Oregon State. I am saying this because I truly believe Oregon State's going to beat the Huskies this weekend. Really? I truly believe that. I believe that Oregon State is going to play above their potent, above their their uh, above their ability, mm-hmm. and I think Washington is absolutely going to overlook Oregon State. I think they're going to be focused on the week after, and they're going to not do business the day of. Possibly. Uh, Kyle says, "Go Beavs." I too am taking Oregon State, but I think it's going to take a Herculean effort. We're going to have to see no turnovers for Oregon State, and we're going to have to see multiple turnovers created by the Beavs against the Huskies. Yes. So. And they got to stop Pettis. Pettis? So, yeah, Dante Pettis, their wide receiver who's okay. amazing. Okay. All righty, Beach. So now it is time for a segment that we haven't done in quite a while because we only do it when these pop up. It is time for the Tanner Boyle Makes Me Want to Puke Play of the Week. Does that boogery and spaz make me want to puke? I love Tanner Boyle. That's so, for those of you that know, little crap. that, 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 <laughs> that soundbite you just heard was Tanner Boyle. He was the foul-mouthed little blonde-headed kid from the original Bad News Bears. And, and we, we love Tanner. If you've never seen the Bad News Bears, you must watch the movie. The original with with Walter Matthau. Yes. Or Breaking Breaking Training was good too. Yeah, I the, thought the sequel. And there's a third yes. one. Bad News Bears go to Japan. Is that very good? No. No, that okay. one's got Tony Curtis as the adult male in that movie. Always a different adult male in every movie. Yeah. But anyways, so we love the first two. But now, Beach, it is time for you. You should have the YouTube video. I do. Okay. Okay. So you can hit play. So in the Washington-Colorado game, you watching it? Okay. Uh, Hold on. I'm pushing play. Okay. So in the Washington-Colorado game, uh, there was a running play by Washington where uh, during the tackle, the guys making the tackle on Miles Gaskin kind of rolled up onto the ankle of Chico McClatcher. Now, Cheek Movement Clatcher is a very fast, very productive wide receiver for the Huskies. So, okay, he's on the ground. Yep, so they're going to go. They're give, checking him out. They, they replayed it once. They're going to show it once, just one time. Did you see it? No, thanks to Kyle for sending me this link. Okay, here we go right here. Okay, 
So watch okay, McClatcher's, we're going to try it again. Watch McClatcher's right foot. Okay, couldn't. They don't. You can't really okay. see it at the full speed. They kind of go yeah, to a short on. break, and they come yeah, back. I thought I missed it because we went to the short break, and I didn't no. realize they were going to go. So yeah. hold on just one second. got to get through the short break again. No he, he's in pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just he looks like he's in excruciating pain. Yep. Is there bone? I don't want to see bone. There's no bone. Okay. No bone. Yeah, freak me out. Okay, is he, is he out for the rest of his life? Uh, I don't think it's that bad. Okay, hold on. They're, they're crawling him off. Okay, here we go. Ooh! Ooh, thanks. Ankles aren't meant to bend like that. No, no, not at all. That was that was painful. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, it's the, what, so you know me, whenever I see somebody get their legs rolled up on the back like that, you know me, mm-hmm. I always freak out. Because that's just yeah. so easy to get injured like that. Totally. So, Beach, it was announced today that Washington wide receiver Chico McClatcher will miss the rest of the season with a broken ankle. Now, Peterson, wow. Coach Chris Peterson said McClatcher was set to meet with the team's medical staff to discuss treatment options and that he expects the junior to undergo surgery. Wow. Poor now, guy. Because the injury recurred in the fourth game of the season, he expects McClatcher to qualify for a medical wedge shirt. Well, that's good. Yep. Now, um, McClatcher had ranked second on the team with 10 catches for 128 yards after finishing third on the team with 31 catches for 574 last season. Now, he figured to play a significant role in the offense that is replacing John Ross, who was a first-round draft pick in the NFL. Hmm. Yep. So. Now, Billy, that made me want to puke. Yeah, I know. It's pretty gnarly. Pretty gnarly. <laughs> I did not see it because I was flipping back and forth between that game and the duck game, and Kyle texted me and goes, oh, did you see that? I'm like, no. And then today he sent me that link. I'm like, oh, I'm sending it to Bede so he can watch it. Because I like making you kind of get all cringe. Yeah, you know, I can't stand blood and guts. It's not my thing. That's right. All right, Bede. Well, it is time now to look at this week's game with uh, Washington and a preview of the Heinrich Tailgater. I'm excited. I bet you we have a buttload of people at this Tailgater. I'm, I'm thinking so. I'm thinking. So. I'm, I'm think. I'm thinking we're gonna. So, I, I might be a little over presumptuous here, but I'm thinking we might break like 150 Philly cheesesteaks. You think that many? Yeah, maybe 130. Jeez, it's a lot of cooking. All right, it is a uh, lot of cooking. So the Washington game this week, the kickoff is set for five o'clock. It's a good. You know, that's good timing right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We like that. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Nice time to uh, tailgate, but you're not out there till it's dark. Exactly. Okay. All right, Beach. So we are doing cheesesteaks. Mm-hmm. Um, as Jess has been wanting to call them, Billy cheesesteaks. Billy cheesesteaks. Because they're not Philly cheesesteaks. They're Billy cheesesteaks. That is true. Yeah. Um, and so we will have the uh, Whiz. We'll have cheddar. We'll have provolone. We'll have onions, peppers, mushrooms, everything that goes on the, the Philly cheesesteaks. Mm-hmm. And because it's Washington Beach, what else are we going to have? We're going to have Ivers Clam Chowder. Ivers Clam Chowder, that's right. Now, with that, would you like me to get some bread? You need bread with clam chowder. I kind of think so. Yeah. So I'll look for some good crusty sourdough bread or something like that. Perfect. Sound good? And what we'll do is we'll bring okay. it out in loaves and we'll just cut it up as we go along. Okay. So it's not out there getting all stale. Totally. 
It's good. So now the tailgate will start at seven. We'll go to about four. Are you wanting to do any lunch stuff beach? The chowder will be ready I'm, to go. The cheesesteaks can be ready to go. Should we get some more fish? Yeah. You know, if people want to have a little fish with their clam chowder, it might be kind of good. Okay. Okay. We can do that. I'll just go hit the uh, freezer section and get more stuff. Now, you've been talking about wanting to do churros. Yes. Do you want to the do churros? The churros went over really well. I think so. Okay. Well, it just means we have to bring out the Traeger. Yeah, because the churros. And then uh, Bob Cousins is bringing out uh, gingerbread again. Oh, nice. I love gingerbread. Nice, nice, nice. All right. So we'll do all that. Yeah. And you just want me to get the assortment of stuff to deep fry? Yes. Anything you want to make sure I get? Um, Let's see here. We got, I th- well, tots were good. Um, I'll get some Rangoons. Okay. Uh, and the shrimp, oh, and since we're doing kind of a seafood theme, more shrimp, make, make sure we have enough shrimp. Okay. So I don't even think I got to the torpedo shrimp last week. I, I think I only think did. did the uh, – no, I just did the other ones. Yeah. So, no, I think we're good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Kelly's coming up from – Kelly and Paige are coming up from California for the game. Right. And uh, like I said, I'm thinking we're just going to get a lot of people at this one because it is a great time for a game. It is the Huskies. And uh, uh, how's the weather supposed to be? I hear it's kind of sketch. Is it, yeah, it's like now it's maybe rain like, yeah. like a chance? Yeah, now there's a saying a little chance of rain. Okay. So, so we'll have to see. Um, but we'll yeah, see it's supposed to be real nice in the middle of the week, and then kind of get those chances of rain going up on the weekends. Here, let me pull up my weather app on the old phone. Let's see. Anaheim, nope. Lake Buena Vista, nope. Corvallis. So Saturday, it's got on my weather app. Pulling up here. High of 66. Low of 47. 40% chance of rain. Ah, that's not good. Well, we'll have the big tent up, so. That's true. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. All right, Beach, anything else you want to add to the tailgater? Um, For the tailgater... Um, come early. Tailgater starts at seven. Um, other than that, uh, oh, um, if you join us, especially if you're new and never been there, take the whiz. Yes. So many people don't take the whiz. You gotta, the, the cheese whiz makes a Philly cheesesteak. I swear to God, if you turn your nose up at it, you are You're missing out. wasting the cheese. Oh, yeah, it's – I mean, I'll tell you because, I mean, who's living proof? I did. I avoided the whiz for, what, two years? At least. Yeah, and then when I finally embraced it, changed my life. Yeah. I've never been the same since. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I look through the I, world I, with different glasses now. I like provolone and whiz. Mm-hmm. No, I, I go with everything. I mean, I mm-hmm. like all, all cheese, but it needs the whiz. I agree. Yeah, you, you can you can eat go that crap any other way. No, exactly. But Put on a uh, steak, it completely works. Oh my gosh, yes. All right, Beach. Yeah. It's time for our final segment of the evening: the Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors. She's just a girl. She's a ball. Yes. You know, it's it's always hard to try to come up with something unique. But every week I pull it out. 
That's what she said. Um, okay. No, she said, pull it Today's- out. Pull it out. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. At least it's better than what she says with you, which is, is it in? Okay. Alrighty then. Today's Rosie Ruiz, cheater and whore. P.T. Barnum of the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. Mm. I kind of thought it was fitting because uh, the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus ended their 146-year run in May of this year. Yes. So it's, on- so it it's only appropriate. Yeah, mainly because of the elephants, I believe. Um, but uh, I-, I think it's kind of appropriate to, to add P.T. Barnum to the Rosie Ruiz lineup. A gifted showman, P.T. Barnum exploited the public's desire to be amazed. At his first spectacle in 1835, showman Phineas Taylor Barnum touted Joyce Heth as George Washington's 161-year-old nursemaid. (laughs) Crowds came gawking to see the greatest natural and national curiosity in the world. Barnum and Barnum profited from the public's hunger for entertainment by planting embellishments and lies in local newspapers. His fabrication about Heth blew up after her death when an autopsy found her to be no more than 80 years old. Wow. Barnum described his hoaxes as, and justified the act of perpetrating them by saying they were advertisements to draw attention to the museum. I don't believe in duping the public, but I believe in first attracting and then pleasing them. Barnum followed uh, that with the exhibition of Charles Stratton, the dwarf General Tom Thumb, the smallest person that ever walked alone, who was then four years of age but was stated to be 11. With heavy coaching and natural talent, the boy taught to imitate people from Hercules to Napoleon. By five, he was drinking wine and by seven, seven smoking cigars for the public's amusement. Barnum's flair for fake news culminated when, in ill health, he arranged for the publication of his own obituary so he could read it before he died. God. Yeah. Uh, While P.T. Barnum perpetrated frauds on the public, he was an overall a good man. He was very charitable and was a strong abolitionist. He actually converted from Democrat to Republican to to help uh, end slavery, and uh, he became very active politically. Huh. Uh, now, nowadays, people would be shocked, but he actually used black-faced actors in his shows to promote his anti-slavery effort. Really? Yeah. So, so he, he wasn't uh, he a complete some... son of a bitch. No, I mean, you know, he was a showman and an entertainer, and he was full of crap when it came to his kind of his circus and museum kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he actually uh, he ran for U.S. Congress, so he and I share a commonality. Um, uh, and he, I think he was also, I think he was a represent in a state representative, but, um, he actually had kind of a, a neat, uh, history, uh, not just, uh, pulling frauds on the public, but like did some good and, and he actually uh, made a lot of money. He had several homes, but he also gave a lot to charity. So he uh, had some, some, uh, there's, he wrote, um, what was this? He had a couple of quotes. I, I kind of cut in Is here. Is it one that's a sucker born every minute? No, that was misquoted to him. He didn't say that. Oh, how about a sucker, so, a sucker, what is it, a, a fool with his money or soon parted or something like that? Might be that one. I didn't see that one. Here's one. He wrote, I am a showman by profession, and all the gilding shall make nothing else of me. Um, he actually was an author, too. He wrote a couple books. Uh, one was The Art of Getting Money. Hmm. Uh, and a couple of his quotes from there. Money 
is in the in is in some respects like fire. It is very excellent servant, but a terrible master. Chapter three on avoiding debt. Counting the chickens before they are hatched is an error of ancient date, but it does not seem to improve by age. Hmm. Uh, let hope predominate, but be not too visionary. Uh, be polite and kind to your customers. Be charitable. Uh, he said, in fact, as a general thing, you know, money getters are benefactors of our race. You know, it, this might be one of those things where the guy was actually probably a pretty decent dude. Uh huh. But just over the years, it's been perverted down to where he's a son of a bitch. Well, well he, he, I mean, he he provided these things of amusement, and you know, and you know, he gave people what they wanted. You know, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, honest to God, look at what today's entertainment is. True. Do you think the Kardashians have such a messed up life that people watch on TV like your wife? It's not true, but they're giving the audience what they want to see. They want to see a train wreck, so the Kardashians provide a train wreck. And some of it's a little bit fictitious. Some of it has probably a little bit of truth to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, and like I said, and they're the only ones that know the truth. He was probably a pretty good guy, for the most mm-hmm. part. But he was probably just you know trashed by history. Yeah. You well, know? and they're making a movie about him here. Um, uh, that's coming out. It's a musical. Hmm. Uh, I saw a trailer for it when I went out and saw the new Kingsman movie here earlier this week. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. P.T. Barnum, today's Rosie Ruiz, cheater and whore. So P.T. Barnum movie. Yeah. yeah. The Greatest Showman. Oh, it comes out this year, too. Yeah. They say, Now, in the movie, uh, when I saw the trailer... Um, oh, Hugh Jackman made, is P.T. Barnum. Yeah. They made a reference that uh, he uh, that he actually made up the word show business. He might and have. I don't know if that was true or not, but that was... Uh, hmm. That was um, coming in the trailer. All right. Well, I have to go see it when it comes out. Now, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 96 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, you can get a hold of us in a couple different ways. HeinrichTailgaterGmail.com, at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter, and also the Heinrich Tailgater Facebook page. Remember, you can listen and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a rating and review. And also, remember, you can listen to us on your iPhone and device with the Stitcher Radio app. So, Beach. Billy. Um, next week, show number 97. 97. Yeah, and hopefully we'll be wrapping up talking about a successful Heinrich Tailgater, which I have no doubt about, but hopefully also a successful Beaver game. I'm thinking we're going to be one and one in the pack, baby, and it's going to be awesome. That would really screw things up, and I like that. <laughs> it would screw all sorts of things. So all right, do we, know if it, do we know if it's an orange or a black day on Saturday? It's always orange, dude. Always orange. Okay. Good. Always orange. In my book, always orange. Never white, that's for sure. White sucks. Alright, so until Saturday, here's a great big go bees.
Nice, nice. Nice, nice, baby, so cold, so cold. Nice, nice, baby, so cold, so cold. I gotta open my finger bobber. We are recording. Okay. And I need to figure out a song. Do you have your thing ready to go? Yep. Okay, let me figure out a song. Ooh. Ooh. Looking for a song. Ooh. I don't think we've ever done this one. Okay, let me look up. A little background info on it. An old cowpoke on a ride now on one dark and windy day. And all at once a mighty herd of red-eyed cows he saw. Aye. Aye. Make a little water here. Aye. That sounds lovely. <sighs> Reminds me of the old, uh, hey. You know, hey, Boneyard. <laughs> or, hey, Central Time. It's 420. What's that from, dude? Don't you remember the old Boneyard? On oh, XM? yeah. Back hey, when it was still... Mount, mountain yeah. Time. Hey, Mountain Time Zone. It's 420. Hey, Pacific Time Zone. I, it's 420. I just remember they always go, Bone me. Yeah. Little Peyton used to say that. Bone me. Oh, hey. I miss that. <laughs>